Yeah, I, I think the easiest way to make developers work on your project is to have a good project. And then, <laughs> yeah, find a way to pay them. But if you like a project and you want to see a project succeed, you're going to work on it for significantly less money. What's up, everyone? This is Adam Levy here, and we got Brent Philbin. We are the Crypto Basic Podcast. What's up, Brent? How you doing? What's up? We're on the ones and twos. We're here. We're here keeping it basic. Yes, this is our flagship Friday episode uh, where we talk about all the news and current events going on in the crypto community over the week. And uh, yeah, like you said, we, we try to keep it basic. Brent, do you have any, do you want to talk about anything that we've released in the past couple weeks? Well, so other than we did a flagship last week, we also released the cost.io red flags episode where we're testing out a new format. So as these kind of scams come across our desk, I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk about them. We're going to say like, okay, here's all the red flags. Here's all the reasons these are red flags. And here's a couple arguments for why they might not be red flags. We'll take them in aggregate and we'll see what we think about the project. Cost.io is a project. I won't spoil. I will spoil what we think about it. We didn't end up with a good thought about it. And uh, we have finally talked to somebody from the team who last week he was ignoring me. I don't know if he listened to the show and then saw he was ignoring me or saw that I said it in another piece of subreddit. But uh, he also would not come on the show. So he's saying basically he can't come on the show yet because he has to keep it quiet or whatever. The, you know, the standard, you know, we can't say anything because it's business and therefore we're not going to give you more information. Not necessarily a red flag in and of itself, but I was hoping based on the way he kind of started talking to me that I would have finally one of these team members come on and try to defend themselves that we that we ended up saying was probably a bad actor. Um, there's a little update to this situation that we didn't talk about in the show. So if you listen to it, this will make sense. But the cost exchange is entering its last leg of the process of being, bringing the exchange back online, is what they said. In order to do that, they moved funds from one Ethereum wallet to another one. So they're like, guys, don't worry about all this Ethereum that's moving. It's totally moving because it's part of the process of transferring the uh, exchange over to the new platform. Uh, your funds are safe. <laughs> <laughs> It like, what are they hoping to accomplish that the the coins don't get flagged bef- when they? I don't know. Like the, again, this there, there's some chance that this stuff's legitimate, but these guys are moving a ton of Ethereum out of a wallet, and they're prepping you for it so that when you, uh, when they move it, you don't go crazy. Which it it's their first update in almost four weeks, actually, exactly or three weeks. And that's, you know, they said, hey, we're moving it now. Here's three weeks later. Here's an update. So, you know, it's it's not it's not it's still not good. If this exchange comes back on, I feel like they handled this so poorly that it doesn't matter if they were originally intending to scam. Like they're going to end up with a soft exit scam because people aren't going to use the exchange anymore. They're nobody trusts them. Not a single person who has their money on that exchange feels comfortable about any of the stuff that happened. So no matter what they, well, I, I guess I can't say not a single person because I'm sure there are, there's always fanboys that invested a lot and they really don't want to lose their money. But so anyway, that's the update on that. And then coming up yesterday, I just finished an interview with Amrit Kumar, 
who is the president and chief scientific officer of Zillica. The, the CSO. That, Did yeah. not know you could be a chief scientific officer. Or yeah, I, I hadn't heard be that title before either. Want. I told him it sounded like he was a Star Trek character. Uh, <laughs> but... We did the one-on-one on Zillica, basically, with him. So we were able to get a member from the team there. It was one of the projects that I was interested in at some point. I recognized the name. So I was like, you know what? Come on. We have a good episode one-on-one on that. We I learned everything about Zillica, so it's it's cool. That'll come out later this week, maybe next week. Not sure how long uh, it will take to get that out there. But it is in the pipeline. It is done. And we're still looking for more one-on-one team members. So you know, hit us up with anything. But... Keep it in the reasonable market cap range. They, you want to send us somebody from like the bottom five hundred, then uh, you know they better give us half of their scam coins. So Zilliqa, Zilliqa, yeah, I've seen it in the top one hundred. It's uh, number seventy five at the moment. I knew they were up there. I didn't look at the exact thing because we don't care about price here, Adam. So speaking of not caring about things and prices, I don't know. That's a bad transition. But we're going to go to the rapid fire section. We want to talk about some stories that we don't need to go too deep into, but they exist, and we want to talk about them, and we're going to fire away. All right, so the first topic is something called Tax Act, which is uh, charging more for your service if you click I traded crypto, and it doesn't add any steps. Don't use them. So basically, if you make under 66K, the IRS lets you file for free. But yeah, tax act means they used to be a good service, man. But now they, they literally, they're like similar to TurboTax or whatever. It's only for US listeners. So sorry. But the, yeah, don't use tax act. They literally are charging you if you click that you traded crypto. And it doesn't actually make you fill out any more paperwork. And so, it charges $75. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Which is, that, that's just kind of a... Uh, you could buy 0.4 Ethereum with that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a quick little ca- cash grab. And yeah, I mean, also it says it, you can just file on uh, Intuit for free. So yeah, there's a lot, you know, a lot of places ter- where you do it for text. free if you don't need to itemize. So it's, yeah. uh, take advantage of that and do it. What's funny is I actually saw I, the, you put this uh, rapid fire article up and I happened to see something a couple of days ago that I thought this what this was, which was basically saying, hey, if you uh, say I have crypto or whatever, there won't be like any additional steps just as I have crypto. The, that's how, which I think is, is relevant for what for the U.S. tax uh you know, everyone filing taxes, you know, and, and they, but they were talking about the turbo tax. They were not talking about yeah. tax act. So yeah, basically you say you have crypto. I don't think there's going to be any additional information need uh, wanted. So moving on blockchain.com has created a crypto gateway for the Turkish Lira. I mean, this just seems like a good idea. This just seems very helpful. Uh, Turkey, I don't think it. in the article they were saying that it hasn't been as bad of inflation as, say, Venezuela or Zimbabwe or Argentina, but they've still had a 25% inflation rate since 2018. So when you're dealing with something like that, it's very useful to just be able to convert your Lira to the three you can convert it to are Bitcoin, Ethereum or Tether uh, at this present time. 
so here's some good advice. If you live in a place with a authoritarian regime with a fucking crazy leader, maybe you should get some crypto before your before your currency implodes. So um Erdogan over there is uh not exactly going to be conducive to a great economy for anybody but himself. So feel free to jump onto blockchain.com and convert your lira. We should have a affiliate link for that or something. But hey, we don't. So that was just that was just some uh entertainment there. I mean, it the, you can just check blockchain.com tweet and they have the link and stuff and you can sign up if you are Turkish. I don't know if we necessarily have any Turkish listeners, but if we do, your food if is If we good. do, don't tell Jason. Oh. You know, the, the Greeks and the Turks, they they fight over who created Turkish coffee. Apparently it was uh apparently it was the Greeks, but it got called Turkish coffee and they're mad. They're I not, mad. I did not know that. Yeah, do you know what Turkish coffee is? No, but I like all kinds of coffee, so I want to try it. You ever seen like the the video where they do it on the sand? No. Yeah, they do. They take those little like their little ladles looking things, and they put them on hot sand to boil the coffee, the water in the coffee, and then they just take the top of it out, so it's super dense. Anyway, nice, uh, interesting. Yeah, sorry, Greek coffee, Greek coffee, Jason. Got it. So then we also have a cool website. Talking about if it's alt season. Um, yeah. And is it like is Jonah Hill fat.com where it's just like, is it alt season? No, it's a uh, at blockchaincenter.net, which they, you know, they have some things, which is like uh, they have a, a Bitcoin calculator where you can see how much, you know, Ethereum is to euros or, or sorry, Bitcoin is to euros or vice versa, just all these different uh, currencies. And the whole thing is behind it is they they just wanted to break down when so I mean we all say it's alt season. How do we quantify that? You know? So yep. they're trying to quantify it. <laughs> and what they're basically well, no, I mean it, it actually makes sense. So basically it says a season is three months. Okay. Uh so we looked at the last performance of all top fifty coins over the last ninety days. The more altcoins are up against Bitcoin, the higher the altcoin season index. Oh, if, okay. If seventy-five percent of all altcoins are up against Bitcoin over the last three months, it's altcoin season. Man, so we haven't had a whole lot of altcoin seasons, man. It looks like they've they they're tracking it back as far as 2017, April. Which was definitely altcoin season, and it went to about uh, July, and then it was no, it wasn't altcoin season anymore. Then it wasn't Bitcoin season either. Then it was somewhere in the oh wait no oh sorry, wait sorry. Then it went to Bitcoin season. Then it went in the middle, went back to alt season for a little bit. Went to Bitcoin season, went in the middle, then to Bitcoin season, then the middle, then to Bitcoin season. So we've had a lot of Bitcoin seasons, a lot less alt seasons. Adam, this is I'm, some this is I mean the, this is the reverse Bart. Um, eating dragon pattern, and I think we can make some very serious trades off this chart. But I will. I mean, there were in 2017. There, there definitely were some. It was alt season for a good bit, at least three, four months. And uh, I'd say that the peak was 2018, which I think we all know. Yeah. And uh, even 2019, though, I did not realize that there was a. Uh, the the highest that it got in 2019 was an 87 on the you know the index so 
And that was in December. Didn't, you know, I guess that there was a brief moment where we had some, some hotness from the altcoins. And so I'd like up? to update on is Jonah Hill fat.com since it's similar. I went there and current status on is Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill fat.com is Jonah Rogan. And he is in his Brazilian jujitsu outfit looking very not fat. Okay. So <laughs> telegram was told by the sec. It's crypto is worth less than donuts. Damn. Um, I know. Okay, so, two things before you go on. What donuts are they referring to? Because if they're if they're talking about like Dunkin' Donuts, they're full of shit. But if they're talking about like voodoo donuts, then we might be, you know what? They might not be wrong. So let's let's hear the rest of this analysis. Voodoo Donuts is a chain of donuts uh in select places. Like they have one in in Austin, LA. I think it originated in Portland and basically it's the, you know, it, got, it has all these crazy cool donuts like Captain Crunch donuts, Maple Log donuts, you know. I think no, it they mu- name them awesome things. So like they na- the, the one is like uh the there's there's one that's like um the slim shady and it's covered with m&ms there's one there's one that's uh they have like the old dirty bastard they have they have one called the gay bar which is like rainbow colored <laughs> and, and it's like the long like eclair style donuts they're great anyway so so in in the memo i guess the sec kind of gave them a few jabs you know against uh telegram it called them out for doing a two-step around registration, or, or, sorry, around the registration provisions needed. Because basically, SEC, the whole thing was, SEC does not believe that it is, it believes it's a security, and Telegram is getting called out for it. Or sorry, is it the opposite? I forget which one is always bad. Uh, being a security is bad. Yeah. I mean, so, in theory, if you didn't like do the steps to be a security. Yeah, so basically they went around the registration process and they performed sleight of hand is what they said. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, they basically, they they fabricated the difference between a purchaser's investment in grams, like capital G, because that's the telegrams was going to be the coin, and their delivery of the grams. And that, that would allow them to withhold info normally in regulatory statements. and. Then they go on to say, this is where it it gets good. Telegram's attempt to avoid this economic truth by labeling Graham's commodities also fails. Graham's are not commodities. Unlike gold, comic books, and Krispy Kreme donuts. See, it was Krispy Kreme. (laughs) Oh, no. So, okay. Krispy Kreme's are the most overrated donuts on the planet. No. Everybody goes crazy for those fucking things, and they're not that good. Commodities Telegram compares to Graham's. Graham's have no intrinsic value. However, I have a problem with this because, dude, most donuts are worth, are like, if you buy a donut, donuts are worth more than most cryptocurrencies. A single, like, if you buy a donut, some donuts are three, five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a, I was at the NFL experience last week in Miami and I had, uh, I had a donut and it cost six dollars and I was happy to pay it. It was a yeah. San Francisco 49ers donut that was made by a local donut company. Had like little gold shavings on it and all that stuff. Beautiful. Yep. That's basically it for that. I just thought it was kind of funny that they referred to grams as donuts. Um, <laughs> so now we have an art project using Ethereum 
to validate their art pieces. And it's not only that, but it's also the first augmented reality art gallery to open in uh, the UK. So that's cool. Oh, so it's augmented art on top of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's opening in Birmingham uh, next week, February 3rd. It's called the Thomas Crown Gallery. I wonder if this has anything to do with the Thomas Crown Affair, which is a very underrated movie with yeah. uh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, I would I would almost be certain in that movie he steals high-end art. So Yeah. I was an usher during that period of time in my life at a local Regal Cinemas. Ooh. And I would just see parts. Uh, I would see the ending. And I would see the beginning a lot, but I'd never see in between. And I, that's basically my, like, <laughs> but that happened with a lot of movies, like The Mummy. I, I'd I'd always go on break and just watch The Mummy. It was pretty good. The so, Mummy. That's that's your, your Brendan Fraser's your guy, huh? I mean, the first one, not the second or third. Come on. Was The Rock in one of them? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it was that big yet. But I did serve The Rock's wife once. Where we're going on a little tangent because this is kind of a funny story, but All right. it'll be quick. So basically, I was working at Bahama Breeze this time at Sawgrass uh, Mills. You know Sawgrass. For, uh, if you're in Florida. Sawgrass, like, yes. The world's largest outlet mall. mall. Yeah, it's the sickest. You should go there if you're ever you traveling the world, there. To, no, I think it, uh, yeah, at least in the U.S. for sure. And so The Rock's wife came in. Uh, I was told this prior. So it's her and her son or daughter i honestly don't remember at this point but it was a two-year-old and they're eating they're having a good time and the two-year-old decides she's gonna you know they're gonna throw the shake that they had and like just throws it onto someone else like uh, another patron (laughs) and the shake goes everywhere gets all over this dude's clothing and uh the Rock's wife ends up pay, like paying for the uh, dry cleaning of the patron, and then leaves me a thirty three percent tip on seventy five. Like leaves me twenty five dollars, and I was like, "All right." And and the reason why I know that this was definitely the Rock's wife was because there was a black Amex card used, and those do not get used oh, the black very cards, often. Yeah. They do not get released very often. Yeah, they have an unlimited credit line. You can buy an island with those. Yes. So the Thomas Crown Gallery, it's it's pretty cool. The tech expert Ian McLeod that that I guess works for them. It's kind of sick that an art gallery has a tech expert. Each piece of artwork is embedded with blockchain technology. All of our works of art are logged onto the Ethereum's blockchain with a unique smart contract, which means that all the artwork is authenticated and all provenance issues are solved. I don't know what provenance issues means necessarily. But be ownership related. Yeah. You know, the the Brits, they use these cheeky words sometimes and they have slightly different meanings. So, yeah. And I think this is pretty cool. I I didn't realize that art had a use case for, you know, I mean, I guess it makes sense for blockchain, for smart contracts. This is cool. So was the emphasis yours with the little SM and the capital ART? Or is uh, that act, like do they do it that? Oh way? no 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 yeah I forgot to uh, say that there's a pun in there. They called it a smart art contract, as in the art is all capital. <laughs> so we we had an artist on that. I'm wondering if he has anything to do with this. His name was Vesa uh, Kivinen, like right when we started the show. And if he's not, he needs to get involved with this with this company. 
because he was doing like crypto art and that was his uh that was kind of his like piece of the space hmm. i don't know but yeah i mean he can this seems pretty cool so yeah if you're in birmingham go check go check it out uh and uh yeah check it be the first augmented reality art exhibit in all of the uk i'm not sure if there are any i mean i don't know of many in the u.s as well so interesting and lastly we have justin sun just being justin sun justin Um, sunning as usual yes obviously we know that you know kobe uh passed and uh you know that was that was pretty tough it's been a it's been a weird tough week and Justin Sun was the first to release a picture tweeting about, you know, how he met Kobe at a like Nitron at summit, Tron conference, God. the Tron conference, and then like he just it's like he can't he just has to plug Tron at all times. It's actually absurd because it's not like you know if he just said. Hey, it was great to meet you at Nitron. Posted the picture. It was one of like my greatest privileges and honors. What he said, that's great. And like, I'll forever remember us on stage discussing the future of blockchain. Like, okay, fine. But then he goes on and says, like, we'll have a moment of silence in your honor during Nitron 2020. Like, you're basically plugging next year's <laughs> summit. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say use code Kobe for 25% off your fucking tickets or something. Yeah. And it's just it's just too much. I'm denouncing my Tron. Not that I you guys have made me a Tron boy, but I I have I am no longer at all Tron affiliated. <laughs> at I don't all. know if you're allowed to say that. I, I think once you're Tron affiliated, you're just there. It's like on the blockchain, it's forever. It's immutable. Nope. I'm nope, I'm done. I'm over it. This I have guy. a picture that says otherwise. We'll 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 bring that up in a second. It's all fake news. It's all fake news. Whatever they say, it's fake news. And uh, then, obviously, Justin Sun, because he can never miss a uh, a moment to plug Tron. He's fighting the coronavirus. Hashtag Tron is on the way. Wuhan, we are with you. Stay strong. And it's just like him in with like a bunch of other people wearing masks and we we don't know if he's actually doing anything regarding it but it's just he's just taking pictures with stuff and it's just like he he can't he just has to plug tron he probably i wouldn't be surprised if he has a tron tattoo or you know his car is in a wrap of just just says tron all over it who knows but it's just too much there's there's something to be said for his level of just like he thinks he's the center of the universe in these scenarios. Like everybody with Kobe, everybody has like a feeling on the situation, right? Because he was so famous, he's so young, and he's so like ubiquitous throughout the world. Like everybody knows everybody knew who he was. So it's not weird for somebody to have an opinion on him. It's super weird to tie it into marketing. That's like the Instagram influencers that go to like the Holocaust and take like sexy pictures and shit. It's just, it's obnoxious. But and then you you read the thing that he's doing with the coronavirus, and he's just Tron is on the way. Like he just he thinks any of these people actually care. Like they uh, sure they probably want some masks to fight the coronavirus. They, they if he sent these supplies, great, do it. But he's he's just there's not an inch of 
soul in either of these posts. He's not helping them. He's helping Tron, and that's his, that's always his goal. But we do have a great pit. So one of these pictures, he's got like a guy next to him, and he's like hugging him and doing a selfie. One of our Discord members took Adam's face, photoshopped it, and put it on the guy's face. So so there is now a picture in our Discord of Adam and Justin's son right next to each other. Looks real, and they're they're sending supplies to Wuhan. Uh, it is completely fake news. I can only and this this is what I get for nominating Derpy Derp. The guy just the guy <laughs> you know the guy just photoshops me in now, and I take it back. It was a great Photoshop. Yeah, I take it. Yep, it's a great Photoshop. I am not a Tron uh, fan at all. Never was. It's just the thing that you guys seem to troll me with and fuck them. I'm over it now. Screw Just, you, Justin Sun. Justin Sun sucks. Yep. Justin Sun sucks. That is a that is one of the core pillars of Crypto Basic Podcast Entertainment. You know what else is a core pillar? Crypto Basic Podcast Entertainment value. It's Wild Foods. And they have, I've been preaching their keto bar for weeks. They've released that thing. It tastes amazing. And it is, uh, it, it's delicious. It's got two grams of net carbs. You can eat it on the go. It's a great bar. Beautiful, right? So, but don't forget, they've got other stuff. They've got coffee and their number one seller is fish oil. They use a fish oil that is certified by Friends of the Sea, which is unique. Uh, almost no fish oils in the United States are certified in that way. And that means that they are sustainably sourced so that the population of the fish does not ever dwindle while sourcing fish oil. It also means that wild food supplier controls the boats. They control the fish oil supply start to finish. So the fishing boats all the way until it gets into the bottle for consumption for the consumers. So if you want to, if you're running low on fish oil, everybody needs fish oil. You need to take that. Fish oil has great benefits, easy to Google, peer-reviewed stuff, like not one of these, like, take this essential oil and it makes you beat cancer. No, like, fish oil has some very clear benefits that you can that you can Google that have been peer-reviewed that are um, good. And you can get your fish oil supply next from Wild Foods. It's reasonably priced, the same as other fish oils, but it's better. So 12% off, Crypto Basic 12, and you can... Uh, get that order think about it as as though uh fish oil has been sourced and it's on the blockchain of friends like friends of the sea is checking out everything that is with it with fish oil they validate it they they've confirmed that it is good fish oil there we go that's what i was going for so if any of these suppliers ever do get blockchain technology we i will make wild foods implement that they have no choice but they having it so all right, so let's move on from one of my favorite people in the space, Justin Sun, to another one of my favorite people in the space, Roger Veer. Oh, yay, Roger Veer. So I actually think that as far as just before we, we get into it, I feel like a, Roger Veer has, has done a better job of not being in the news over the past yeah. few years. Like he really, you know, I think Craig Wright and others, Justin Sun, have kind of started writing, been in the news a lot more than Roger Ver. He maybe has been doing more focused on Bitcoin Cash. I don't really know. Craig um, Wright and Roger Ver, or Craig Wright and uh, sorry, the other guy, Calvin Iyer, have been making Roger Ver look like a god. 
Yes. So, and and this actually popped up on Bloomberg as as a news source, which I think is kind of cool because that just goes to show how prominent cryptocurrency and, and blockchain is nowadays. Because Bloomberg doesn't necessarily have to report on that stuff. So the the title was Bitcoin Jesus Caves as Fight Over Fourth Biggest Coin Heats Up, which is Roger Ver. And the thing is, is on January 22nd, a group of key Bitcoin Cash supporters proposed changing the cryptocurrency's code to temporarily direct 12.5% of all newly issued coins to fund technology development. And uh, a lot of people, they were irked by this. Just, I mean, what do you think of this? So I'm not for any any sort of developer tax in the code itself for a coin that wasn't built that way. It's different if it's Dash, where you're like, look, 10% is going to the, the treasury, where we're going to fund development and stuff like that. So you know what you're getting when you get into it. Nobody bought Bitcoin Cash thinking that 12.5% of every block rewards value is going to a centralized source or whatever they would be using. They don't have a DAO. They have no way to make this function. So if you're going to have... Developers need to get paid. That's true. So if you're going to have this stuff, it just better be done in a decentralized manner. I don't give a shit about Bitcoin Cash, but if I did, I would not be for this tax. And it also seems really high for funding. I don't I don't know. what The block reward should be the same as Bitcoin, I think. So that's a lot of money every day that's going towards development. It definitely seems like something that should have been worked into the business plan before starting this and having to correct, you know. Um, and then the proposal had a high chance of passing, though, as a companies advocating for the change controlled a third of the computing power used to support the, you know, Bitcoin cash. So that's also not good, you know. Yeah, well, so I was I was looking at a, a post on Reddit just yesterday or the day before where Bitcoin Cash, they didn't mine a block for five hours. Um, and they're supposed to be every 10 minutes, just like it is with Bitcoin. But what they're doing is the miners are gaming the system. So it, when if there's a lot of mining power directed at Bitcoin at, at, for a period of time, the the difficulty adjusts itself so that the blocks take about 10 minutes to produce each time. What's happening is these uh, these mining companies will jam all their resources towards Bitcoin Cash for like 10 minutes, make everything go way up for the difficulty. And then when it adjusts, the difficulty is going to go way down. So they'll point their all of their hash power at it again. They'll solve that block in like a minute. And then so they, they only have to point their power at Bitcoin Cash once in a while because their algorithm for determining the the difficulty is easy to game. So that's interesting. So there are enough centralized people securing this network that they can do stuff like this yeah not good not good uh but roger ver decided he will not go through with supporting any plan unless there's more agreement in the ecosystem and uh they're going to work to come up with an alternative plan which preserves the fundamental economics of bitcoin cash which sounds like a pretty good decision Unless they end up with a developer's tax, which is which is probably still not a good decision. But what, I wonder if Roger. So when it says Roger caves, was he the one trying to push this through? I thought that he he was. I just remember, uh, like I I don't remember the actual. I mean, we can actually look up when the actual post was made. 
Yeah, it looks like he was supporting this. Well, I know that he was supporting it, but I was so I guess it was it was probably the mining. It looks like he's companies. playing some politics here because he's going to control a lot of the Bitcoin cash hash, hash power because he's going to have a lot of the coins. And I think what he's saying is, I could have pu- I wanted to push this through. Uh, all my coins would have been pointed toward it. Toward it, uh, it would have been implemented. But I'm going to let this change to be something else. So it looks like he's still going to be pushing for a developer stipend in these block rewards, but we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Also. So they they still need to prop up their developer ecosystem. And the average number of developers has actually declined 32% in the first half of 2019 compared to the previous six months. So they're definitely looking to do something regarding this. I don't know if they will, but I mean, it just, it, for now, it seems like they're, they're going to think of something else. Yeah, I, I think the easiest way to make developers work on your project is to have a good project. And then, yeah, find a way to pay them. But if you like a project and you want to see a project succeed, you're going to work on it for significantly less money. Oh, I actually... Uh, so there's one... The, the reason why uh, Roger changed his view was actually because a group of anonymous Bitcoin cash miners posted on January 27th they were going to create their own network if the fee goes into effect. So, oh, man, we're going to have another fork. Yes. yes. Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin C, Bitcoin, Bitcoin D, cash. Bitcoin, Developer I don't even know. Bitcoin, Bitcoin. I. It's just, it, there's so many other Bitcoins. It's pretty crazy. You got to have Bitcoin Squanch. Squanch. What's, what's be the next? What's the Squanch? Rick and Morty reference. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that that's about it for Roger Ver, the Bitcoin Jesus. And uh, Brent, you want to talk about some scams out there? Yeah, so this was kind of interesting. I, I saw a guy on Reddit post that he went through one of those scams on Discord. They happen to me all the time. I'm sure our listeners get them constantly if they're in our Discord. But somebody will send you a message and be like, oh, congratulations, you got a giveaway. So this guy went ahead and he's like, I'm going to see how this scam works. So. This was called Raisebit, but apparently they'll like change the first letter of the name and Lazebit is one of them, a bunch of them, whatever. So on Discord, they said, you 1.32 Bitcoin, go here to claim it. It's in your account, your balance or whatever, right? So you go to the website and apparently this, guy, this website looks super legit. It looks like it's a real exchange, you know, like a Binance or something like that. And you create your account and you sign in. And sure enough, in your account, it shows that you have a balance of 0.32 Bitcoin. And it mm-hmm. has a little withdraw button right there. So if you're like, damn, I won. Awesome. So you click withdraw. It says, okay, uh, your um, your account is new, so it's not verified yet. Uh, in order to verify the account, you must send an incoming deposit of 0.02 Bitcoin to verify your account. So, And it looks just like an internal website error. And if you're thinking it's legit up to this point, you're probably still going to think it's legit and you're going to go on. So... Yeah, that's that's how the scam works. And then obviously when you send them the point zero two Bitcoin, you're never going to be able to withdraw yours. And they probably escalate from there and try to get more out of you. So it's it's the Nigerian Prince scam. It's just, you know, built into software looking cooler and is for less money. <laughs> Classic Nigerian Prince, the digital Nigerian Prince. I mean, that's three bucks that you're giving away. So they're just trying to man. They've really they're really just trying to get small amounts out of people. No, that's not three. That's uh, point zero two is um, 
because point one would be like nine hundred, so it's oh, it's like one hundred eighty bucks. No, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, two percent. Um, that's a lot of Bitcoin. Yeah, 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 that is that is enough. That if you can just get that, I mean, point oh two. You should not be sending point oh two Bitcoin to validate anything. That's crazy. No. Nope. So, listeners, there is no situation where you need to send an incoming transaction to validate your account. They might ask for your ID, which you know, hopefully these people don't figure out that they can start stealing identities that way. But uh, real exchange, no, you don't have to send anything in so that you can send something out if they were to randomly give you something, which no exchange does. So random giveaway wins on Discord. Turns out they're not good. They're not going to work. They're a scam. Probably should have put that in that's a scam section, but I didn't. So we got a we got a sweet bullish or bullshit opportunity coming up here. Yeah, this was actually uh, my first bullish or bullshit article. Um, so the title is literally no one is trading backed options. And I'm curious if you are bullish on Bitcoin options or are you, uh, you know, you. Yeah. Like, do you think that this is something that is actually going to be kind of kind of good in the long run? Or do you or do you think that this title is kind of bullshit because it's like, you know, still like it's it's in its early phase? So it depends what definition we're using of literally here, Adam. So the the title says literally no one is trading it. And because of the way the word is, the official Webster dictionary has both definitions now. Literally means yes, definitely one hundred percent. Or it could also now mean figuratively and doesn't really. So it has no meaning. It's a word that's pretty literally useless. And uh, so just on the basis of the word, I'm going with bullshit for the title because it does the title doesn't mean anything. So the title can be 100% right. And if the title can be 100% right, then that means it's 100% wrong. That's what I'm going with. That's my answer. Wow. My brain is broken from that statement. I don't know how to like... It could be a hundred percent right, a hundred percent wrong. But you, 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 this is a really good political, you know, answer. Good way yeah. to, you know, Philbin twenty twenty four, yeah, Philbin Yang twenty twenty four. So coming. So in it, it is the literal. The word literally in this case is actually being used in its literal definition. Uh, the the first one. Hold on, that still doesn't mean anything. I know. Uh, it they had zero no one was trading backed options for the entire not a single bitcoin options contract was traded last week and the last one was january 17th this there we is, go yeah so i mean they the title was aptly named uh it, it wasn't you know trying to get you Some to of think the listeners any- thought backed being one of the biggest disappointments in crypto was unfair of us to to nominate well, now we just proved you wrong. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious what you think of if you think that Bitcoin options are kind of, uh, you know, are you bullish on them in the long term or are you kind of like, you know, like you just think it's BS or do you, yeah, what, do you have other? I, I mean, I would say I'm bearish on options in general. They're pretty much gambling. And to give you an example of how an option works, is you are and and I don't know exactly how backs options works and I've never done that, but you're picking a price. So let's if we're talking about Bitcoin, maybe you're picking ninety four hundred, and P and you are betting that Bitcoin's price will be at least ninety four hundred, and you're going to take an option. The way you take an option is you pay for the ability 
to buy shares of Bitcoin at a certain price. So you have to pay a price to buy 100 shares of Bitcoin at this certain price. I don't think they do 100 shares, but normally options are in 100 shares. So I, I could do Tesla. I could say, you know, Tesla is going to be $1,000 by this date and options all settle on a certain date. And if it's up, then I make a bunch of money because I get to buy all those shares at that price and then sell them all and close out the contract. But the short-term price movements like that are so random, even in the general space. I mean, maybe there are some quantitative analysts that can do some sort of options trading. I know even our, our buddy, our buddy Stoyven was doing it for a little while. But the options writers are the ones that make all the money in these cases. They're basically the house. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bearish on options in general. In all of my investing, I've never bought one. And, uh, I, oh, nope, not true. I have, I have bought one about 10 to 15 years ago, or maybe eh, it's about 10 years ago. I think I bought an Apple option. I didn't understand how they worked. I wanted to bet on them going up when the iPhone got released and, or the, the new iPhone, like the 3G or whatever it was. And I lost a bunch of money. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I like options as far as like helping price things. It's kind of cool, but I don't think they're good for people in general. So backed has never been something that's excited me. I never thought institutional money would come pouring in as soon as backed was available. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I I do want to I do want to say that they're. Options hasn't that Bitcoin options or has not necessarily been doing terribly. Um, and they have on backed uh, after starting off all right. Um, so in 2019, uh, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange has averaged 6,400 contracts being traded daily. So I mean that's solid. Uh, yeah. They've they've but backed seems to just be suffering. They their their peak was sixty six hundred contracts. So just to go goes to show you how far behind uh, backed is. They also suffered from too much hype in the beginning, and they didn't. They had to keep getting pushed back. They they wasted the hype. Yeah. So and uh, overall, it's pretty weak. We'll see if down the road once. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are, you know, I don't see this becoming a huge thing maybe until three to five years from now. I, I just, it doesn't seem like it's going to be, like you said, it's not going to, there's not going to be money pouring in so they could trade Bitcoin options. To be fair, we're not traders. Maybe this should be more exciting to us than it is. I don't know. But yeah, not seeing it. And uh, now we got crypto around the world. <laughs> All right. This is the last one. This is the last story. Adam, I think it's time for you to take us to Dubai. Well, I thought, I thought like, ah, I'm just, I guess it's just all me this week. Guys. It's all you. You got, there wasn't, look, there wasn't very much in the way of interesting news this week. And you had found all the interesting stuff before I logged on and started doing this. So, yeah, this is a very Adam centric episode. Okay. So, Dubai, which I think this is the first appearance that they have made on crypto around the world. I have never, at least since I've been on the show. I don't know if you can recall. I, I, it would be weird if we had never mentioned Dubai, but we very much, we, we very well may have not mentioned them. I have no idea. Yeah. So they are set to launch its own tax free crypto valley. And the Dubai Multi Commodity Center, DMCC, 
of course, I'm sure you know them, uh, is set to establish its own crypto valley in the UAE. And it was announced last week at Davos, where everything gets announced uh, in the financial world. And the so they're going to be working with this Swiss-based uh, VC firm called CVVC. And they're going to build out the sector devoted to blockchain and cryptocurrency innovation. They're going to be co-working facilities, mentorship, education, all focused within the crypto space in the UAE. Now, this is where it's really sick, where I'm like, wow, I did not. We need one of these in America. It will be situated in one of Dubai's free zones, like, quote, free zones, because that means that there are no personal corporate or withholding taxes. Businesses get to keep 100% of what they earn. Whoa. I mean, that's pretty much how it works in the U.S. anyway. If you're a big enough business, you just get to, to fuck around with your taxes and get to keep it all. Yeah, but, I mean, personal taxes? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's super cool. That I mean, Wyoming is pretty friendly to crypto. They're not that friendly. Yeah. All right. We're relocating to Dubai next uh, in uh, 2021. Sound good? Seems easy. Yeah. So, we're going to take this crypto around the world to the UAE. Yeah. So that that's pretty much it for the article but i thought it was just cool that you know all all these companies are going to be in a safe haven for taxes and good for dubai way way to you know get on the the crypto train all right so since this is the last episode of the month it's time to give i'm going to give a shout out to our uh secure masternode tier patreon members all the people that are still supporting the show love every single one of you that's helping keep us afloat some of you have been around forever. Some of you have just joined. So uh, go right on down the list. We got we got A. Jordan Willis. We got Anthony uh, Niemeyer. We got Annette Kempe, the Burrito Project, Simon Gordon, and the Bigger Boat. They're all the main people paying all the bills for the podcast right there. They're the master nodes. Going below that, we've got Kyle Gonyea. And also Kyle is a brand new Patreon member that uh, signed up. Last week, we would have announced last week's episode if he had signed up on that one, but he didn't. He signed up now. So that's a new Patreon member that gets getting the shout out anyway. We got Aesthetic Senpai. We got Ether Kaki. He used to change his name all the time. He doesn't do that anymore. Mm. Jeff, the Degenerate Brahmin, and Steve Stapleton. So everybody is still on there. Oh, and Z Man. Sorry. Damn, I almost forgot Z Man. Z Man's there. Those are our secure and masternode players that are helping keep us on the up and up. So thanks everybody. And of course to the secure note players, thank you too for, for being a part of this process. You can always join our Patreon at patreon.com slash crypto basic, where you'll get a cool little token. As you sign up, when you sign up, you send us your Ethereum or I'm sorry, your engine wallet address. You have to have an engine wallet. It doesn't work on regular Ethereum and you will get your cool little crypto basic Patreon supporter token. Um, and yeah, if you want to see Photoshop pictures of Adam, and join the discord <laughs> uh otherwise any you can reach out to us at crypto basic podcast at gmail.com and we will speak with you about anything that you want to know we haven't had a mailbag in a while send us mailbag questions come on we want to talk about this stuff on the show and that's it we're not financial advisors we, we are, are we're here to give you entertainment and we are here to provide it in a weekly fashion via your ears if you saw us this whole thing would fall apart so make sure you do your own research on any of this before you make any investment decisions there's all risk in this inherent risk so 
make sure you never. Yeah. And if you're just getting into the space, I highly recommend just uh, listening to some of our old episodes, uh, talking about some of the basic things. It is not, I remember, it's not very intuitive when I first started using an address, you know, trying like be sending coins in a wallet to an address to a place that doesn't exist. It's very confusing with all these. Very you know, similar to the definition of literally. There you go. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice callback. Nice callback. But yeah, so just uh, be careful, be vigilant, stay safe, avoid scams, do your own research, and we are not financial advisors. Peace out. Peace.